I am your father. This is a Brandon Colby Jacobs from Facebook exclusive. And you'll see why 1984 won't be like 1984. Touche, my nigga. Brandon Kobe Jacobs, and you are listening to the Established 1984 podcast, man. Um, I guess the weird thing about an episode like this is that you never really, you never really expect to be engaging in that sort of in this sort of conversation, mainly because um, you're always you're you're afraid on multiple levels. You're afraid because you're worried about what what you think what you think the world might say um, about you even discussing it publicly. Um, you're you're afraid of how your discussions publicly may impact the people around you, um, how they feel, how, how they take things in stuff like that. I think it's fair to say that, you know, uh, by the title, our, our dad isn't one who is on social media like that. Um, so guess it's not that big of an issue. Um, but I, I can, I can only imagine, um, how much thought, and how much consideration um, went into my sister's choice to even speak on the issue. Um, and I'm, I mean, obviously, if you're here listening to this, you figured out what the issue is and what's going on and things like that. Um, it. My father has dementia, Alzheimer's. Um, he's uh sixty nine years old. He'll be seventy uh, later this month. Um, and he has he has a debilitating condition that you know 
with what you know. And, um, you know, I, we've all known for quite some time, um, you know, my mother has been tremendously strong in her ability to kind of muster up the strength to can continue to go day after day, go to the doctors, do the research, ask questions, and, and, and do all of the necessary things, and, and um, I commend her tremendously for her bravery, um, for her ability to continue on because I can only imagine what every day is is like for her. Um, you know, my mother's been with my father since she was, you know, since she was 18 years old, you know. Um, I think maybe my mom had one other boyfriend before she met my dad. Um, you know, she, he was the person she was pretty much with the entire time that she was in college. Um, and it's just, it's in a, it's a very unfortunate situation because those of you who know my father, Willie Jacobs know that, um, you know, when you see him, he's tremendously strong, you know, fit in, in, in the stellar way, play for Florida and them play football for Florida and them. Everybody's known that he lifted weights with, um, you know, Mr. Universe back in the day, um, from the lower weight classes, you know, they have different classes of Mr. Universe. And one of those lower classes is uh, a black guy who ended up going to Florida and them and left, to do that my dad lifted weights with him and gave him some training tips that ultimately led him to uh, to winning that division of the Mr. Universe competition um you know um my father is um probably the single greatest man that I have ever known um he put up with a lot of shit for me, man. Um, um, he, um, <laughs> it is, it's, just, I, I, he put up with a lot of shit for me, man. Um, you know, um, Life wasn't easy for my father growing up, um, you know, um, came from Arlington, Georgia, moved down here, um, he lived between Alabama, uh, you know, and here with his, with his, his grandmother, my great grandmother, um, you know, um, if you've read my book, you've heard him talk about, um, you know, what life was like for him growing up. And it, by no stretch of the imagination was it easy. Um, you know, when my, you know, my grandfather, his father wasn't, he was a guy, you know, a bit of a rolling stone, if you will. And um, I don't think anybody, my grandmother included, questions whether or not my grandfather loved her, loved his children, all of those things, all of those things are true. Um, but, you know. He even said to my dad, and my dad's told the stories, my, you know, that, you know, 
he asked dad why he, his his dad, my grandfather, why he did some of the stuff he did. And he said, you know, I love your mother. I'm just no good for her. And this is, this is, you know, what my, my father grew up in. Um, there were many times where they lived in, uh, you know, those houses where you, where you share the kitchen with another family and you have a room for yourself, you know, and my, my grandmother had to live in houses like that. And a man would make passes at her or something like that. And, um, my grandmother would have to, in the middle of the night, pack up her two children and move. And this is, this is what my father dealt with until he was, you know, 14, 15 years old and starts going to Stanton vocational, um, after he left James Weldon Johnson and, um, you know, finally they found a home, you know, if you will. And, um, when he was 16 years old, his dad, um, you know, came by to see him, says, um, Hey, I'm going to take you to a baseball game. Uh, I just got to go make a run because my dad was, a, my grandfather was a truck driver. And um, he never made it back. He was killed in the truck. Um, that, that happened to my dad when he was, uh, when he was 16 years old. And, you know, he, he always told me the story of how, you know, he was in a real bad way. And um, he was at school one day and he had left the classroom and, you know, a female teacher came out and saw him sitting on the stoop and, you know, said something really harsh to him, but was something that, you know, he said that he felt like he, he, you know, looking back on it, he needed. And she said to him, your daddy's dead. you to live this way you know that motivated my father to to be a standout athlete um the sort of athlete that would make jake gaither for those of you who uh you know know your history of florida and m jake gaither is one of the greatest football coaches in the history of florida in the history of hbcus um you know period a lot of what bobby bowden learned and if you go get old interviews from bobby bowden he'll talk about you know, what he learned from Jake Gaither. Uh, Jake Gaither is one of the greatest college football coaches of all time. And um, Jake Gaither came to my father's football game and walked down out of the stands and gave my dad a scholarship, you know. So this is this is the late 60s. You know, this is, you know, that was a big deal then for for people that I, that would be the equivalent of, you know, the coach of Alabama coming to a high school game and walking down 
and offering a kid a scholarship right on the field. You know, like it was it was a big deal then. Um, my father left and went to college with a duffel bag full of clothes and that was it, you know, and through all of that, he made a life for himself. Um, he, uh, obtained a master's degree. Um, he, he has, uh, four children, three daughters, one son. Um, and you know, the one thing that I can say is that, you know, I was intentional. They intended to have me. And, you know, like, you know, it's one thing. I mean, obviously, we all appreciate our parents for getting us here, you know, regardless of how much fun they had doing it. <laughs> we all appreciate the fact that we exist because of them. That being said, it means something more to know that. It meant so much to him that he wanted me specifically to exist. You know. Um, and, you know, I, I always had a great dad. Um, I can't. You know, I can't say that my father was absent in my life or oh, you weren't there. You know, when I was younger, sure, I looked at it like my dad wasn't there because he worked all the time. And, you know, when I would come home from school, he wasn't there and stuff like that. But it was never like the Rolling Stone kind of deal. Like I never had to deal with that kind of stuff. Um, you know, he was he was there, you know, all the time. Um, I think that I took him for granted growing up a lot. Um, you know, maybe I just felt like he wasn't there because I didn't know how to communicate with him, which I guess that falls on me. Um, you know, I'll, I'll never forget, you know, um, and Kendall's on, um, this is on live feed on Facebook and Kendall's on here too. And he knows, Kendall knows a, a lot of the trouble that we got into growing up as teenagers and how we ran the streets and, you know, some of the shenanigans that we got into. And, um, one thing I can honestly say is, is one thing that, that always has, has stood out for me is just how my father was always sort of there for me. And, um, um, in, um, 2005, I got arrested. Um, I got arrested for arguing with the police. I, you know, swung at a cop. Um, you know, j just some, some stupid shit. <laughs> we just call a spade a spade. Uh, some really dumb shit. I'm sorry, it was 2004. Uh, the summer of 2004. And, um, and I got arrested and, um, you know, my sister, Candace, who, you know, inspired me to even speak on all of this. Um, she, um, she put up her car, um, for my bail and, you know, the first person to come pick me up, you know, it was my dad and, uh, I'll never forget, I'm. I'm sitting, um, sitting in the passenger seat of his blue Dodge truck, uh, and, um, 
can distinctly smell the the smell of coffee being made because the jailhouse is right by the the coffee manufacturing plant and um he looks he he kind of gazes over at me while he's driving and he goes Brandon and I looked over and said yeah because I just knew it was coming like just some some old bullshit like you know you know how you are when you're a teenager or a young adult and you know your parents are trying to tell you some shit and he goes nigga what the fuck do you want to do with your life it just (laughs) I was floored like I was floored because he had never talked to me like that before and um and um you know I just was, uh, I was really taken aback by, by that. But I think that that, that that had a sobering impact on me. It didn't change everything about my life. Did I still get arrested a few more times? Sure, I did. Did I get in more trouble? Did I have to go to court? Absolutely, I did. But, um, that echoed for me throughout the rest of my life. And I I appreciate my father's rawness and honesty and directness in a way that was relatable to me based on where I was. I say all that to say this, that I am afraid in ways that I don't think that I have taking time out to really be able to quantify um I'm afraid for him and selfishly I'm afraid for myself because I don't know how to be him and I don't feel like I don't feel like I have the capacity to be as good as him be that for my mother for my sisters for you know for anybody um he is the greatest man that I have ever known and to watch Superman essentially become human human is tremendously sobering it it makes mortality real in a way that that you can't completely quantify and you know i know you know i've had a lot of head trauma and you know i've been ejected from cars and you know i i didn't take care of myself in my youth my dad like just took supreme care of himself so in the midst of all of that you start thinking about is that my fate? Is that what's going to happen to me? Because I, you know, we don't know what 
what would have happened to my grandfather. He died when he was in his 30s in a car accident. Um, so we have no way of knowing that. But now at 70 years old, this man who kept himself in pristine shape, it, you know, his body didn't betray him. His mind did. You know, and you just you start wondering, like, what what does that mean for me? And there's there's so much that just sort of goes through your head in the midst of all of that. And I um I just what I want for my dad is I want for him because I I know my dad in ways that I think that maybe my sisters don't. You know, the relationship is just going to be inherently different. Um, I would like to think that if my dad wasn't in the condition that he's in now and he could speak to my sisters, uh, he would say, you know, remember me as I was. Treat me like everything's normal. Um and regardless of whatever fear we may have for the borrowed time that we already knew that we had because God determines how long everybody's got here, um, that we don't take his dignity from him. Um, we treat him as much as we treat him as the man that he was as much as we can. Um, without him putting himself at risk. And when the days are bad, you know, don't give him a hard time about it. When the days are good, don't pat him on the back about it because, you know, he ain't looking to be patronized. I, I think that that's how my, my dad would would want to be treated and how he would view himself and that when I do see him, that's what I try to do. Um, you know, I probably could and should call more, but it's like, I guess I'm afraid of what to say. Um, you know, but I, I commend my sister. I commend my, my mother on being the ones there for it every day. Because it's easy to be be me from Texas uh, providing support. I'm not there to have to deal every day. You know, I know my father in a very u- unique way that I think my, my sisters will never know him. Um, but I'm also not there every day to deal with the challenges of what they deal with every day. And I and I'm I'm aware that it's not easy. I'm, I know it's not easy. And God, I I can only imagine what it's like for my mother, because there are days where my dad is still the best friend that she's ever had that she knew for since she was 18 years old. And then there's those days where, you know, he's just not. And it's like, well, what do you do? 
But Candace, I um I wanna say I did read what you wrote. I can imagine how um how hard that was for you to to write. Um to be able to compile your thoughts in a very mature and articulate way. Um, and you're right. It's okay. Dad has Alzheimer's, dementia, whatever you want to call it from the technical standpoint. And that's okay. He's not any less of a man. He's not any less of our father. Um, if anything, this is this will probably be the greatest uh, challenge that that he will face. And when it's all said and done, um, this will have taught all of us our greatest lesson. What do you do when Superman becomes human? Y'all know who I am. You know what I do. Brandon Cobra Jacobs. You've been listening to the established 1984 podcast. Take care. When you think about me as a person, like what are the things, you know, as my father that come to mind when, when you think about me as a person, like not just so much, what you feel like you may have done wrong or right, but just kind of, you know, I guess the qualities about me that, 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 you know, stick out most to you when, you know, people ask you about me or when you think in your own mind about me. Well, I, I, uh, I, I think you're smart. Uh, and I think you're smart. Uh, I'm just other me and your mama. Uh, I mean, I'm not trying to, pat myself on the back or anything because you know you, you come from two people who are, who are very smart mm-hmm. you know and I'm not bragging you just that's a fact yeah <laughs> I think that um, I think that that I think that maybe I try to protect you too much and that caused some some conflict with you and me uh but you, you were my son, and, and, and I know what I experienced out there, and I, and I didn't want you to have to experience it. But in the, on the other side, you know, I think that uh, if you had experienced it, then you would be still trying to struggle as an adult. Um, um, you know, I lived in the midst of a, of a whole lot of stuff. So it was most of my life. You you encountered it after you kind of left my house. If I leave my house, I mean having to go to these schools and, and meet these people who came from different places and those kind of things. Yeah, but and I a think, product of, I think I was probably the one who spent the most consistent time with grandma for long periods of time. Like, I spent a lot of time with her and spent a lot of time in a neighborhood that I think everybody else got to go somewhere else, but I kind of was there more than anybody else. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I think that that 
those things worked out to be positive things for you because if you hadn't, I don't think you would have survived some of the stuff that you would experience um, as a young man uh, trying to find yourself, you know. Because uh, mm-hmm. uh, I think it helped, my experiences helped me to be stronger because I was there all my life. probably like because there's tons of stuff that I learned about you and you know kind of what you was like in the streets growing up and being around the boomerang gangs and being around Esco and and all of them that I didn't know because you didn't speak about them until I was already grown and had went to jail a couple times you know You wasn't afraid of, of whatever clout he held in the streets, basically. Yeah. 